You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjax.com. <sighs> giving. We're on doing a giving talk. I've got to be honest with you. When it comes to preaching on giving, for whatever reason, if I'm honest, I love bringing people to River City Church. I mean, I tell everyone and anyone about it, unless they're an old Young Life Club kid of mine that will feel like I'm brainwashing them, like trying to pull them into the cult that we've started over here. But anyway, anyone and everyone, if I meet a, a, a waitress, if I meet anybody, I'll invite them to come over to see church because I believe that people experience life here. People experience freedom here. If they show up, God is going to meet them and they're going to be transformed, except when I'm teaching on giving. When I'm teaching on giving, I noticed last night, I bumped into someone, I was hanging out with a friend at a bar, and we went, a guy walked into a bar, and, and, uh, and I was talking to him, and I was like, oh, I want to invite him to church tomorrow, but I'm speaking on giving. And I found myself not inviting him, and like talking to him, but not inviting him. He even opened the door, he's like, what do you, I was meeting with one of our staff, I was meeting with Paul to talk about the worship service today and how we're going to change it. And he's like, so what are you and Paul doing here? Me, perfect opportunity. We're talking about this awesome service that we're doing tomorrow. You should come. Wrong. Oh, you know, we're just kind of hanging out, grabbing a beer, just kind of chilling. If you do not honor me, I will not honor you, says Jesus. Anyway, that's between me and him. But I think that there's this thing in us that's a little, we struggle with money. We struggle with being honest. You know, we're willing to be honest about, you know, all of our infidelities that we have. We share that with men and women and our friends. We, we, we talk about our other areas of brokenness. We talk about deep, dark, heavy things with people, with our spouses. But when it comes to our finances and it comes to our money, we're kind of like to hold our, we like to kind of hold it close, don't we? We kind of, if we're honest... We kind of like to hold our cards close. And, and I think there are a lot of reasons for that. And I'm not going to teach you on what those reasons are. But I would just say that that's a real, I think that's a reality for us. And, but I also think it's an indicator that we have to grow in this area. Because when we see our money like this as ours, we're not seeing it as God sees it. We're not seeing it as a mature believing Christian sees all of our resources. You see, when God sees our resources, he sees them as gifts that he's given us and that we are just stewards of what he's entrusted to us. Some he's entrusted more, some he's entrusted less, but it all belongs to Jesus. All of your ability to earn money belongs to Jesus. All of your brains to go to the college that you got into that makes you able to earn money belongs to Jesus. Your skills on the field that made you the money to go to college or in the pros or the ability to get a scholarship in college is a gift and belongs to Jesus. Your looks. I struggle with this one. It's tough. It's tough being me. I wonder if people come to the church because of the way I look or the way I preach. You know, it's, it is, and I know for those of us that struggle with this, it's all a gift from Jesus. All of it is. Our abilities, our talents, everything and all of who we are is a gift. 
And we are stewards managing the master's resources on earth. That is our role. That is our job. And so when we, when we start to act like this, we start to do some of this, what, what does that look like? That looks like your kid, whenever they take a toy at a playground, they're like, oh, give, me, give me that, give me that. This is mine. I'm not going to share with you. What posture does this look like? This is all about me. This is mine. I've earned it. I've taken it. I've got it. Back off. And I might share it with you if you're lucky. Now, we would never, ever say that we have, or that we do trade our money like that. But if we are not openly willing or feeling the need to hide what we have, it's this posture that it's coming from. I mean, I'm looking around, I'm seeing knees wobbling, people shaking, people looking down, I'm making eye contact with me. All indicators, like, like all that we've been talking about, if we believe that we're on this journey together of becoming mature in our relationship with Christ, we should feel uncomfortable. We, when we gather and we talk about something that Jesus talked about, only second to the kingdom of God, Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell combined. One-sixth of the Gospels is about money. A huge chunk, 12 of 38 parables, almost a third, are about money. Jesus talked a lot about money because when we talk about money, we forget. We don't believe that it applies to us. We don't want to talk about it. We think we're fine. We compare ourselves to other people. But money is a critical issue, and it is the business of the church to talk to you about how you spend what God, how you save, how you give what God has entrusted to you. That is our business. That is the business of Jesus Christ, if he is the Lord of your life. In the same way that you come to River City Church and say to us, Show me, teach me, what does it look like to be in in step with the Spirit? What does it look like to worship the Lord? What does it look like to leverage our life for the kingdom of God? One of the questions that you come and are asking us, whether you like it or not, is Antley. River City Church leadership, show me, help me know what it looks like to have freedom in this area, to find life in this area. You know, if I ask people right now to raise your hand, how many people aren't worried at all about money, don't have any anxiety about money at all, carefree, no worries. Kids going to college, not a problem. Mr. Paycheck, not a problem. How many of us would raise our hand if in this area, I said, just raise your hand, don't do this. Don't do this, because we want to be private about our money, okay? We We would raise our hand. Because I think most of us probably have anxiety in this area. Most of us probably have worry in this area. Most of us, and this is a heavy word, are enslaved in this area. We find ourselves being mastered by money. And the litmus test is whether or not you have worry, whether or not you have anxiety, whether or not you're looking to money to solve your problems and again, like, I know, I said, are you looking to money to solve your problems? Not me, Ellie, no way, Jesus, Jesus, he's the one. Looking to Jesus to solve my problems. But when Jesus talks to us about money, he frames it in a way, and he talks to us a lot, he frames it in a way that challenges that reality. 
He says to us bold things, and we're going to look at them. You can't serve money and God. Where your money is, there your heart is also. There are, there are certain things that money does to our heart that Jesus knows, and he talks to us a lot about it for that reason. Now, I'll say this. There are two areas when we talk about money that the church is responsible for growing us in. One is the practical area. You know, the reality is, is that many of us are in debt because we've made bad decisions or we've had bad things happen to us. We were married to someone and they left and they left us with a lot of debt or we got a credit card when we were in college and bought drinks for, the, for four years of our life and just thought it'd kind of go away and it hasn't. It's still there and we're paying $100 a month and it's just not going down or whatever or $10 a month, it's not going away. We made bad decisions, whatever, we have debt. We have debt. Well, I'll say this. And so one is a practical reality. The church has a responsibility to do the best that we can to help you trust us. Not that if you don't trust us, you shouldn't give because you're giving to God. We're accountable and responsible for how we spend it. And that's between us and God. But we do have a responsibility. We become more transparent than we've ever been. We have books that are more clear than we've ever had. You can come in anytime, talk to Jonathan White, and he will show you where every single dime goes in our church. And so one of the things that we're responsible for as a church is making a practical demonstration of, hey, this is where your money's going. This is our vision. This is our plan. These are everything. You can come in and look at those things. But the other thing is, is we want to partner with you in, in practical ways in helping you get out of debt. And on our website, when you go to our giving page, the fourth little ticker down, let's see that picture. The fourth little ticker down, you'll see give. I cannot read that. I can't. I wish I could. <laughs> I can't. I printed it out. It's right here because I knew I couldn't read it. I did this earlier. And um, if you hit the lowest, the little tag right there, it says financial resources. And if you click on that, then another screen will come up and it has all Dave Ramsey's uh, resources there. You can go there and we'll talk and help you get out of debt. Or Crown Ministries, Ron Blue, Mastering Your Money video series, Generous Giving websites. So we have these websites that you can go to and begin to work on this area in a practical way. We want to work with you on this. We also have people, this is what's amazing. I love our church for this reason. I have people coming to me who are really good with their, their, with their financial resources. I mean, they're super, you know, they're super, I mean, they're on it. I mean, they are on it. They know where every penny goes in their house, and they've learned to be good stewards. They're, God's really gifted them in this area. They're givers. And they've come to us, and they said, Antley, I want to walk with people when it comes to this area of their life. And if that, if, so if you want someone to help you with your debt, help you devise a budget, help you in a practical sense, come and talk, call Jody, and we will set you up in relationship with some of these people that will help you walk in these areas. Okay, so one thing is a practical but the, the, the area that Jesus doesn't ever deal, I mean, he does with the practical, but he mainly deals with the second area, which is our primary responsibility as, as a church, and that is to deal with our heart. You see, giving, like all the other areas of our life, have to do with our heart, and our heart being free in this area. You see, Jesus desires more than anything for us to only be a slave to him. He desires more than anything for us to only be trapped by him, us to only be pursuing him, us to seeing him as the one that has all the solutions for our life. And when we have worry and anxiety and turmoil and stress in our life, conflict in relationships because of money, it breaks his heart. 
His desire is for you to have freedom in this area, for you to not worry about this area. And he teaches a lot on it for that reason. And so we see this in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus preaching to masses of people about money in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter six. We're just into the sermon in one chapter. And he says this, and, and he's talking clearly about the rivalry, the rivalry in our heart between lo- loving and serving and using money for our comfort and security and, and going to Jesus for our comfort and security. He says this, and this might be familiar to y'all. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it. I'm gonna run through this. It says this, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so he begins by saying, look, don't believe the lie that those who die with the most toys win. Don't believe the lie that the bigger the house you have, the more comfortable you'll be. Don't believe the lie that the more money you save for college or for retirement, the more secure you're gonna be. Don't believe the lie that when you put your trust or you rest or you provide comfort for yourselves, that you're gonna be satisfied. This is what he says in this passage here at the beginning. Don't lay, for your, you know, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth because they're gonna go away. What's he saying? For a little while, they will provide the comfort and the security that you're looking for. But what happens with rust and with moths? Do they like swoop in and, and it's gone? No. What happens with rust? It slowly eats away until there's nothing of the original material left. What happens with the moth? It slowly eats holes until what you bought is no longer valuable, right? That's what Jesus is saying. Oh yeah, you can go buy the new iPhone and just wait to see what happens. This new iPhone, I love it. It has finger protection on it. As if my passcode of 47 letters isn't enough, only my finger can release it. This is awesome. It's worth $300 and a trade in my new iPhone and a two-year contract. This is amazing. What Jesus is saying is this. Just wait. A week. In a week, the beauty and the glamour and the glitz and the schnizzle of the phone will have worn off. And literally, there will not have been rust that has eaten and chewed or a moth that has destroyed that. But the love and the passion and the, 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 the hope for the world that you found in your iPhone will be lost. And what will you do? When's the next iPhone coming out? When's the next? I think I'm going to get a Galaxy because this doesn't have, I thought it was going to be more. I thought it was going to be more here. Well, of course you did because it's not Jesus. You bought an iPhone thinking you were going to find Jesus there. Don't be surprised when you don't find Jesus in your iPhone or your gated community or the new car you bought or the savings that you have or whatever else. You, you, you stamp it. You won't find Jesus in anything that you purchase in the world. Nothing of God can be purchased. All that we receive from God is a gift. So when you go to buy something, here's a litmus test. If you bought it, you won't find Jesus there. Okay? You won't. So quit looking. 
Because when you look for Jesus in the things of the world, you will be satisfied for a little while, is what he says, but eventually your heart will be hungry again, no matter what it is. Then he goes on to say this. He tells us, but store up treasures in heaven. So don't look for things in the world. Go up, store, store up treasures in heaven. Basically meaning this, and y'all know this. Invest in things that are eternal. Invest in things that you can't see. Invest in things that are gonna go with you to heaven. Lots of scripture talks about you being naked and not taking anything with you when you leave. Okay? And so if you're buying stuff that you can see, if you're buying stuff that, that you can't take with you, it, you're not investing in eternal reality. Missions. God's kingdom. Building God's kingdom. Investing our money and our resources and our time in his direction. Storing up in heaven treasures that nothing can take away. Nothing can take away. Miles, invest in miles, going on his trip, baby. Invest in the things and the visions that the church is preparing to do. Investing in the kingdom of God, rethreaded in the things that missions and, and ministries outside of the church, they're impacting lives and hearts. That's what Jesus is talking about. Invest there, give there, give graciously in those directions and you won't be disappointed because you are storing up treasures in heaven. He continues to preach to people's hearts, wanting us to understand that money's corrupting effects. And he says this in in, uh, verse 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money for where your treasure is there your heart will be also and this is this is a great word for us and i want to end with this you see money promises us much but it demands from us even more what this verse is saying is this give me your heart money says give me your heart and i will save you give me your heart trust me what is most what was most precious to you come to me and I will save you. It's one of Satan's greatest lies that we believe. If I have enough money, if I just had a little more, if I just, if I just, if I, then my life would be complete. I wouldn't worry as much. Money is a jealous God. It demands that we love it exclusively. No one can serve two masters is what Jesus says. And we normally read this from the perspective of, oh great, I know what that means. I can have Jesus and I'm gonna try to have as much money as I can on the side. But really what the verse is saying is this, I love money. I'm gonna get some of Jesus over here. Come on, Jesus. That's what it's saying. Ian Bounds, reflecting on this deceitfulness of riches, says this. Few men, get, few men get rich with clean hands. Fewer still get rich with religious hands. Fewer still hold on to their riches and are able to hold on to Christ with a strong grasp at the same time. What Ian Bounds recognized and what Jesus is warning us about is you can't hold on to money and 
hold on to Jesus very tightly. Money is no different than everything else that God is trying to bring us freedom from. There's nothing. Money, in one sense, is like everything else. Jesus desires for us to have freedom in this area. This should be a hopeful message. I used to apologize when visitors came to this message. If you're a visitor today, I'm glad you're here. Because this is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That he promises us life to the full. We just celebrated the work of redemption We have this meal together saying that he is our all, that he is everything. He rescues us. He provides for us. He takes care of us. When we find refuge in him, his armies protecting and guarding and watching over us. But instead, we'd rather have money. And Jesus is warning us. And the gospel says, don't believe the lie. Don't believe that lie. Come to me to find freedom. If it's true that God has overwhelmed you in your life with his love, then trust him with your life. Trust him with your love. If you want to experience more freedom in your life, then give more of your life away, more of your time, more of your money, more of your resources, and you will find more of Jesus and more life in him. So what we're going to do right now is Paul and the band are going to come up. They're going to begin to worship. And we're going to encourage you, if you haven't, to give more of your life away. Not because River City Church needs you to, but because we love what God is building for his eternal kingdom in and through us. And if this is your family, it's an invitation to be a part of what that is. And I would encourage you, again, when you pledge to a church, when you pledge to a ministry, what you're doing is you're taking account of what you sense God is giving you. And you're saying, I want to trust you, Lord, with this much. I need this much, I think, but I want to trust you with this much. In advance, your first fruits. And this doesn't matter. This is not about how much money you have. If you're a high schooler, if you're a college student, you have money. You have money. This is an opportunity to begin now learning how to give, learning how to portion what God has entrusted to you and demonstrate in a worshipable way how much you trust him with your life. But fill this out, and we'd encourage you to pledge. Even if you've already given this year, we would encourage you to pledge, to make a statement, to make a life decision. Talk to your spouse about it. Pray about it. We're going to be talking about giving next week as well. But you may just want to give a one-time gift. You may feel like the Spirit's speaking to you right now. This is between you and Him. There's not a fixed amount. There's not 10% isn't the right number. And the New Testament says, man, God's given everything to you. Give give everything to Him. Give all of your life to Him. It's a living sacrifice. And so that number's between you and Jesus. But, But again, you might... We want you to ask God to lead you in this like every other area of your life. It's between you and him. Fill out the card. We'll have a response. We're gonna play some music for you to respond to write. There's cards and there's pens on the seat. If you already have pledged, don't pledge again because that will mess up our numbers. You'll show up next week. I'll be driving to Bentley. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there, I'm gonna build trust, Antley. All right. But, um, but if you've already pledged, you've already filled out a pledge card, don't fill out another one. But if you have already given and you haven't pledged, you can fill out another one and write what you'd like to give. 
And then we're going to have a response. We'll have iPads in the four corners, along with giving, uh, an opportunity for you to give. And then we will also, as we begin to worship, we'll have a chance for you to do ministry. So right now, the worship team is going to play some music. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for us, the Holy Spirit, invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And then Paul will call us to worship and we'll respond and we'll have a song and an offering song, okay? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to trust you with more of our life, to come to you, to present our lives as a living sacrifice. We pray, Lord, that you would give us and speak to us about what you've given us and challenge us on to trust you more with our finances. That we would find freedom in this area this morning. That we would find life in you, Jesus, in places that we've been looking for money to find life. Come, Holy Spirit, now and speak to us and lead us during this time.